Hello, I'm Ray and welcome to another podcast episode. I've just got back from the Isle of Wight only, what, a few hours ago. <laughs> the temperature, I'll tell you about that later, the heat there was absolutely incredible. It was too much for me, to be honest. Anyway, first of all, the episode, do you remember about standards now and then I was talking, was it last week or the week before? I can't remember. About how standards have either dropped or disappeared altogether. Well, I've just heard from Brent. Hello, Brent, who is in, uh, where is he? A small town in a remote area of Washington. Now, Brent is saying that he disagrees with um, most of what I said, because where he is, it's a very small town. And as he says, if you yell at someone, you know, their dogs booed on your front lawn and you yell at them or something, you're likely to see them in the supermarket. <laughs> so you, you've got to be nice to each other because it's a small community. I wish it was like that here, Brent. What I meant actually was, uh, first of all, in Britain, obviously small villages, people know each other. Mind you, I have first-hand experience of small villages, as you know, if you've listened to my early podcast episodes. All sorts of things go on in small English villages. <laughs> Say no more. But the thing is, though, Brent, I do agree with what you're saying if you're in a small, tight-knit community. But in general, that's what I was talking about, in general, in Great Britain, standards have either fallen dramatically or disappeared altogether. But great to hear from you, Brent. I haven't answered your email yet. Why? My old old excuse, I've been busy. No, I've been away. I've been uh, on the Isle of Wight for a week. Heard from Ray about uniforms. And Ray's talking about uh, in the 70s, he went with three mates. They rented a canal boat. And uh, he mentions the neatness and smartness of the locks and the lock keepers. You know, I mentioned the, the guard on the train who, honestly, he looked like a tramp. I've got to, you know, it's got to be said, he did look like a tramp as the train doors slid open and revealed this chap standing there with his shirt hanging out, dirty shirt, trainers that had seen better days. Well, I've described all that, haven't I? So, yeah, it's nice, Ray, to to hear that uh, lock keepers, I wonder whether lock keepers these days are still as smart. On the ferry coming back, this was nice, on the ferry coming back from the Isle of Wight to Portsmouth, I looked up and I saw the captain and whoever it is up on the bridge, the navigator, and they had their, their white shirts on and their stripes and you know, they just really did look brilliant. I like it. I like the old traditional... I was going to say old traditional ways, but of course it still carries on. We saw uh, an aircraft carrier at Portsmouth and there's all these, I, I don't know whether they were cadets or whatever they were, all lined up, all in their gear. They really looked good and they were, they were saluting. I'm not sure what was going on because we were quite a distance away, but fantastic to see that. Aaron from, uh, where are we, Melbourne, Australia, <laughs> he says... It's freezing cold down here in Melbourne. I'm still enjoying the podcast episode. Excellent. Well done, Gary. Freezing cold. Good grief. So there we are. Loads more emails. Uh, thanks for that. Keep them coming. I do like reading them. And I do read out as many as I can. Well, I say as many as I can. I can't read them all out. Thousands of emails every week. Well, not quite thousands. <laughs> Happy days. Now, listen. This episode... I've called, uh, what was it, Conversations, all about conversations, which I will come to a little bit later. Imagine four of you in the room. I'm one of them. 
four of us having a chat. I find it difficult to get a word in. I don't like to be rude. I don't like to interrupt. Anyway, before I go on to that, do you remember I talked about how things don't work properly in Britain? They just don't work properly. That was a chap on the radio I heard, wasn't it? He was saying, oh, nothing works properly in Britain. How about this? A friend of mine was telling me the other day, actually, we bumped into each other in the Isle of Wight. That's another story. She was saying that she was waiting for something to arrive. I believe it was a document. I'm not going to say too much which company it was or anything, but this company was supposed to deliver the document between 8am and 8pm on whichever day it was, on the Wednesday, we'll say. She waited in all day. She had to take a day off work and it didn't turn up. So she phoned and she got this automated type computer woman who said, your package will arrive tomorrow between 8am and 8pm. And she's saying, yes, but that was meant to be today. Where is it? Your package will arrive tomorrow. Oh, okay, hang up. It's coming tomorrow. That's great. Tomorrow came. She took another day off work. Luckily, she was able to take this time off work. She waited. Nothing. It didn't turn up. Then she had a message in the evening with a photograph on it. We could not deliver your package because you weren't in. And there's a photograph of this front door of a house. That's where they had tried to deliver this package, this document. And she said it wasn't her house. So she's on the phone again. And she's got this automated woman on there. How can I help you? (laughs) I want my document. I want my package. You said blah, blah, blah. It was yesterday. I've waited in all day today. I've taken another day off work. Where is my package? Your package will be delivered tomorrow between 8am and 8pm. No, no, no. You said that yesterday. You said that today. It still hasn't turned up. This is urgent. I need my document your package will be delivered. (laughs) And so it goes on. And then she started to say, this friend of mine said, look, I want to speak to a human. I'm sorry, we are experiencing high levels of calls at the moment. How else can I help you? I want to speak to a human. I want to speak to a person. Is there anything else I can help you with? She's pulling her hair out at this stage. Eventually, she got through to somewhere. It was something about, do you want to pay And of course, as soon as they think, oh, we're going to get money, they put you through to someone. Of course, the girl on the end of the phone said, oh, you've got the wrong department. This is where you pay for whatever. And she said, I know that. I had to lie to your computerized voice. had to lie to get here. Eventually, they said, right, what you'll have to do is rebook your delivery. And she said, but I didn't book it in the first place. The sender booked it through you. You haven't kept your part of the the deal. You are supposed to have delivered it. I can't rebook it. The sender must rebook it. And this went on and on. And it just reminded me of the chap on the radio and my podcast episode, nothing works properly in Great Britain. In fact, on our local neighbourhood WhatsApp group, someone put up a, a photo and they said, whose doorstep is this? Have you got my parcel? Apparently, it was delivered to this house and there's a picture of a doorstep and someone's foot, probably the delivery driver's foot. And someone came back, that's my house, that's my doorstep, that is, but we haven't got a parcel for you. (laughs) Well, who has got my parcel? I don't know what had happened there. Eventually, she found her parcel. It was someone right down the other end of the road 
why are they taken a photograph of the wrong doorstep and, and, it, and his foot? I've no idea. But this happens time and time again, doesn't it? It's dreadful, really. It really is just... This wouldn't have happened in the old days. Mind you, in the old days, there weren't all these different delivery... I'm not going to mention the name of the delivery people. It wasn't Amazon, by the way, if that's what you're thinking. It was not Amazon. I do find, I must admit, I do find that Amazon, their deliveries are pretty good. Mind you, that's probably because we are at home most of the time. If we were both out at work all day, every day, it might be a different story. OK, going back to the Isle of Wight, I didn't do one of my outside broadcast things because, to be honest, it was just too hot. The temperature was, I don't know what it was, it was in the, in the 30s. Uh, when you're abroad, you might be wherever in Australia. I must check in a minute why Melbourne was freezing. I must, I'll look into that in a second. But it was in the 30s, I think something like 33, 34. It was just too hot. I tried to sort of keep cover where we were in the woods, where there was shade, if there was a tree, anywhere like that. That's where I was. I don't do the heat as, as well as I used to, I'm afraid. And then, of course, driving back. Unfortunately, the ferry was late. We had to sit in the car at the terminal, Fishbourne on the Isle of Wight, for over an hour because you meant to get there an hour before the ferry sails, which we did. Actually, we were an hour and a quarter early. So the ferry was late. We were very early. <laughs> the ferry was late. And of course, we're sitting in the car roasting. There was nowhere to go. There was a cafe place, but it was hot in there. Trish went in there and she came back and said, no, it's hotter in there than it is out here. So we sat in the car, eventually got onto the ferry. And then, of course, driving out of Portsmouth, the, the traffic was slow. Good grief. And then the M27, well, I won't go on and on and on, but the traffic was slow. Arundel, I will go on and on. Arundel, lovely place, Arundel. Really beautiful, historic town. But the, the main road, the A27 through it, isn't much more than a lane. Honestly, have a look on the map. I used to say that, didn't I? Have a look on the map. In places, it is a country lane through most of Arundel. And the traffic there, huge queue. Of course, we've got the aircon on and the engine's hot, everyone's hot. And <laughs> I don't know. It was, I think what we'll have to do next time is get an earlier ferry. We took the later one. Okay, let's move on now to conversations. Is it just me or do you find it difficult sometimes to join in a conversation? There's four of us in the room. I'm one of them and we're all chatting and I'll have a comment to make. So I'll say, oh, do you... No, too late, I've been interrupted. I wait for someone to take a breath. Ah, yes, sir, do you remember? No, no, I can't get in. Someone else is having a turn. I find this every, not, well, yes, every time I try and join in a conversation or we're having a conversation. Or I say we, I'm not. I don't know whether it's because I'm quiet. Perhaps I should shout. Perhaps I should raise my voice. And I have noticed that some people, if someone tries to interrupt, they raise their volume. So they get a little bit higher in volume. Then the person that wants to come in, they turn their volume up. So they're talking even louder. I just don't stand a chance. And sadly, what's happened now is I tend to sit there and just not say anything. Mind you, I've never been one for talking 
a lot. I mean, I know I talk a lot on the podcast episodes. That's what you're saying now. What do you mean you don't talk a lot? You don't stop for an hour. <laughs> I do stop. I do stop for coffee or drink or whatever. Drink of cool Ribena. Iced Ribena is nice in this weather. But I do find that I don't join in the conversation unless I've got something, in, not well, not important, but something worth saying. Some conversations people are going on and on about, well, what, what is it my friend used to call it? Inane drivel. You listen to a conversation and the whole thing is just inane drivel. I like that. <laughs> he was always coming out with that. Brilliant, uh, a brilliant expression. So I do find that I tend to just be quiet, just sort of sit in the background. Uh, what I have started doing, well, I've stopped now, but I, I started putting my hand up like I'm at school. Excuse me, excuse me, miss, 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 me, me, me. <laughs> and then, of course, people look at me. They will then go quiet. And, what? Oh, can I say something? <laughs> and I'll start to say something and then I'm interrupted. So I give up anyway. Now, I wonder whether you know anyone that is, uh, what is it, opinionated or self-opinionated. There are some people that you just, well, I just cannot have a conversation with because they are opinionated. That's quite a good word, actually. Look it up if you're not 100% sure what it means. I looked it up. I mean, I know what it means. We all know what it means, but it's quite interesting reading the actual definition of the word. If someone, for example, says, well, uh, a certain MP, or oh, they're, they're an idiot, you know, they're mad, they're balmy, they shouldn't be an MP, they're just a total idiot. That is their opinion, and that's it. You can't change it. And if you say, well, why? Why do you think that? Oh, well, they're just stupid, aren't they? They're ignorant. It's just an idiot. And that's it. That That is their input. And they are, they're self, is it self-opinionated or just opinionated? And really, there's no point in having a discussion. You can't have a conversation. It's the same with, uh, yeah, talking of MPs, with politics. If someone's grown up in the family where mum and dad were, say, Labour, they voted Labour, then they tend to be Labour as well. Someone that grows up in a, a Tory or Conservative family, mum and dad always vote Tory, they're likely to vote Tory. If you say why, well, well because the other lot are rubbish and off they go again. <laughs> so I'd, this is why I never discuss politics with people. It's a waste of time, total waste of time. They think what they think and I think what I think. End of that's an awful expression, isn't it? End of. <laughs> Luckily, the television in the place we stayed at in the Isle of Wight, it was a caravan, a very nice caravan. You know, not a tiny little thing. It was really nice. Well equipped. Everything was brilliant, except the telly was a bit naff. That's a funny word, isn't it? Naff. We didn't see much of the news because the TV wasn't much good. And all the news has been about is selecting the next prime minister, the next conservative prime minister. And that's all they go on about. We had Brexit for years. Well, we still got Brexit. Is it six, four, six years? I don't know. On and on and on about Brexit. Then the pandemic, that went on for, well, it's still going on two years and even more. And then we had all the, the Boris bashing and all that lot. And now we've got this, well, now they've chucked Boris out. Now we've got all this choosing a new prime minister. And that's going on and on. Talking of uh, the place we stayed, one thing that was very disappointing, this day and age, can you believe no Wi-Fi? Not just a weak signal or a poor signal, no Wi-Fi. We said to this chap, you know, one of the people that worked there, what's the, uh, the Wi-Fi code? Oh, no, there is no Wi-Fi. 
you have to go and sit in this this bar play this restaurant place luckily i've got my phone obviously which i can use the you know the phone signal mind you that was 3g and it was pretty slow in fact it was so slow it was a waste of time i had to take my ipad up to the the bar place you could sit outside and have a drink i had to sit outside up there to get a wi-fi signal but you would think wouldn't you in this day and age where everyone, especially kids, I mean, they've got their phones and their tablets or whatever they're called. Wherever you go, you, you would expect a Wi-Fi signal, albeit possibly a bit slow, fair enough, but at least have a signal so you can perhaps answer emails or, you know, get onto your, your WhatsApp group or whatever you're doing. But no, 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 nothing. No Wi-Fi at all. Absolutely abysmal that was. I love holidays. I love the Isle of Wight. Well, I must do, you know that. I've been there twice now this year. Are we going for a third time? I don't think so, but I do love my holidays. But I also love coming home. It's really nice getting home again after a holiday. This weekend is going to be, well, what is it? Uh, Sunday and Monday is going to be extremely hot. There's a red Met Office uh, alert or warning. Um, it's going to, they reckon it could reach 40 degrees inland i don't know london midlands wherever i don't think down here on the coast we'll see 40 we could easily see 35 36 oh hang on what's that in fahrenheit oh yes and whoever it was good idea someone said was it you ray i can't remember i'll check in a minute you can get an app on your phone to convert centigrade to fahrenheit that's a good idea i mean i'd just ask alexa i did have alexa in here well sorry i must whisper that mustn't i but she kept interrupting every five minutes. I'm sorry, I don't know that. I'm not talking to you. Go away. Hang on, let me check Alexa. What's 40? What they used to say was, when I was at school, double it and add 30. So 40, okay, you double it, that's 80. Then add 30, 90, 100, 110 Fahrenheit. I've just checked Alexa. 40 degrees centigrade is 104 Fahrenheit. I do remember people saying the higher you get in temperature, the less accurate that is. Double it and add 30 becomes less accurate. So we could see 104. I thought it was higher than that. Oh, I don't know, whatever. So yeah, that's pretty warm. That's enough. Uh, certainly enough for me. I can't do the heat. I can't cope with it. Yes, it was Brent. Hello again, Brent, that suggested the app. There is an app for converting centigrade to Fahrenheit. As I've said previously, we were always Fahrenheit here in Britain, always Fahrenheit, but they started bringing in centigrade and people have slowly gone over to that. And that's, as I said before, one of the things I have converted to or gone over to, that is centigrade. If someone now says it's gonna be 28, I know roughly what that sort of temperature is, what that heat level is. Whereas a few years ago, I think 28, what's that? I haven't got a clue. Is that hot, cold? What is it? So I'm now used to that. I saw a hare outside our caravan. At first I thought it was a rabbit, but it was a hare. And I said to Trish, you know, I reckon that's the first hare I've seen kind of in the flesh, not on the telly, since I was a kid. I don't think I've ever seen a hare. So I, I don't know, I do get out into the countryside quite a lot. Thousands of millions of billions of rabbits, of course because they breed like rabbits. But no, I haven't seen a hare since I was a child. So there's another first. <laughs> the sea was lovely. I didn't go in it. I can't swim. Talking of the sea, hear those seagulls? We are surrounded 
here on the coast of, uh, of Sussex, where I am, we're surrounded. I'm just looking over the downs there. Blue sky, loads of seagulls all swirling around. I don't know what they're doing, but blue sky. We've got some clouds. What are the high clouds called? Is it Sirius or something? Siri. No, that's what you've got on your, on your iPad, isn't it? Siri. Sirius? Don't know. Friend of mine's very interested in the weather. He follows everything. He's got barometric pressure charts and you name it. He's got it. He's got a, a Stevenson's Stevenson screen, isn't it, in his garden? And in there, he's got his thermometers and uh, his dew point. Is it dew point thermometer and things? Humidity. Oh, it's great. You know, great hobby. His house is full of barometers. We've actually, funnily enough, we've got three barometers in our hall. Would you believe three? I started collecting them at one time. I've no idea why. We go to the car boot sales, junk sales, and pick up a nice barometer for a fiver. The sort of thing you see on eBay for, I don't know, 30, 40, maybe even 50 pounds. One chap at a boot sale, he bought this huge barometer. I saw him and I said, what do you pay for that? Five pounds, he said. I offered him 10. No, 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 I'm keeping this. Too hot for boot sales at the moment. In fact, our local one isn't going anymore. They've packed up, I don't know why. Now, on to my Lister D stationary engine. Now, I'm not going to bore you with that again, but it is nearing completion. I think I said that before. I'm not far off trying to, well, yeah, start it. Trying to start it? Starting it. It will start. I don't think it's been run for several decades. I've stripped it all down and I've done everything to it. So I've put petrol in it. I've just got to do a little bit on the timing, the ignition timing, and then I will try and start it. Try and start it, not try to start it, because it will start, won't it? <laughs> I'll give you, I can't show you it running because this is obviously audio only, but if it does run, or I should say when it runs, I'll have a little audio clip of the engine running. Wow, you're thinking, I can't wait for that. What a fantastic thing to look forward to. <laughs> oh, Trisha said as we got back from the island, because we've got some family around tomorrow, she said, can you, no, I better not say what she called it, can you move that beep from the patio? Because <laughs> we've got the family coming round. I mean, she swore at my engine. She called it a dreadful name. That's my heart. I said to hard work. I've spent tens of hours on that engine and a lot of money. Anyway, I like it, even if she doesn't. <laughs> Talking of Trisha, she calls me a nerd magnet, and I am. I took a couple of uh, walkie-talkie type radios because our six-year-old grandson was with us. And I thought, you know, they'll be off in the woods and stuff. He'll be running around so we could have a radio each. And it was really good, actually, because I, as I suffer from the heat, I was able to sit down somewhere in the cool while they, that's middle daughter, grandson and Trish, all ran off and did things because they were all a lot younger. Trish is 11 years younger than me and they had the radio with them. And of course, I am, as Trish says, a nerd magnet. Some chap was walking past and he saw it. I had it in the top pocket of my shirt. And, oh, CB, is that CB? I just said, yes, yes, it is. It's not CB at all. But I just, I can't be bothered. You know, I can't be bothered to get into a conversation, which is what this episode was supposed to be all about. That he said, oh, what's your handle? So I, I thought, what's my handle? I had to think quickly. What's my handle? I just said, I don't know why. I said Red Indian. Why I said that, I've no idea. It came from somewhere in the depths of my subconscious. And I forget what he said. Was he, I can't remember what his was. 
but uh, you know, he said, what's your 20? Well, I, I know, you know, being into radio, I know what he means. So I said, oh, I'm from Worthing in Sussex. He was from Leicester. And he starts going on about CB radio. I didn't want to talk. I was trying to relax in the woods, in the cool, on my own, just on my own. It was lovely. And some other chap, he seemed to be uh, attracted to me as if I'm a magnet. He came over and he said, it's a hot one today. And I said, yeah, it is today. Yes. I mean, why state the obvious? And he said, uh, even hotter back where I live. I forget where he lives, somewhere up north. He said, it's going to be even hotter up there than it is down here in the south. And I said, yeah, yeah, so I've heard. And then he started, <laughs> I don't know why, then he started to go on about Boris Johnson. And I was just sitting there on holiday, trying to get away from politics and radio and everything. Boris Johnson? Oh, they shouldn't have ousted him, you know. They'll be sorry. They will. You mark my words. They'll be sorry. And I'm just going, mm, yes, no, yes, mm, yes. I just didn't want to get into a conversation. But we do. When I used to go to the supermarket, we got there together. We don't now after COVID. We don't now. Trish goes on her own. She says it's a lot easier without me. I think that's why. Nothing to do with COVID. <laughs> it's just a lot easier without me. But people would come up to my trolley. Oh, you bought some beers then? And I'd look in my trolley and I'd say, yes, I have. You know, the real ales in the bottles. Are they all for you? Uh, yeah, yes, they are. Oh, well, don't drink too much. Don't do that. Who are you? What are you doing? Go away. Looking in my trolley at my shopping. Stoner crows. Some people, I do, I do attract them. I don't know what it is, but I attract them. If we go for a walk in the countryside, we bump into someone. Very often in the country, people say good morning, afternoon or whatever, which is nice. I like that. People don't say it in the street. They just ignore you. <laughs> but in the country, they'll say that. Now, I'm just thinking back to a little country walk we did a few weeks ago. We're walking along. Trisha had gone on ahead. I forget why. She'd seen some bird she wanted to take a photo of, I think. And this woman coming towards me with her dog, she said, uh, afternoon. And I said, good afternoon. And then she stopped. And she, I don't know what she was talking about. Started talking about the, the weather and the countryside. And I, I stopped and I had to kind of engage in conversation, which I didn't want to do. I was going to catch Trish up to see this bird she was taking a picture of. And I end up talking <laughs> talking to this horsey type woman with her dog. I say horsey because she was wearing jodhpurs. Seagulls are going mental. You know what's going to happen with this weather, don't you? It'll end in tears. It'll end in a storm. This is what happens in Britain. We have this heat wave type weather for a few days. In fact, in 1976, it lasted for 10 weeks. I read that the other day. You're glad I told you that, aren't you? It's always the same, though. We have a little period of heat wave type weather, then storms, thunder, lightning, torrential rain, you know, back to the normal British summer, which is great. Talking of birds that Trish was taking a photo of when I got lumbered with this horsey woman, there was a, a falcon display on the Isle of Wight at, uh, where was it, Robin Hill. We always go to the, the display at Robin Hill. It's rather nice. And they had not only falcons, there was this beautiful owl, this big owl. And he was flying around, flying right over our heads. You know, you have to duck. Fantastic to see it. A huge owl. I don't know what, I forget what sort of owl he was. I should have taken more interest. Unfortunately, I was, I had to sit in the shade, so I was back a little bit. But uh, even so, the owl did come right over my head. 
I know I've said it before, but there is so much to see and do on the Isle of Wight. Different things, you know, something for everyone, there really is. Just going back to conversations, where I used to live had quite a large front lawn and the amount of people, I'm mowing the lawn, okay, I'm out the front mowing the front lawn. The amount of people that would walk by, some of them neighbours, oh, mowing the lawn then, and I think, well, of course I'm mowing. I've got a lawnmower and I'm walking up and down with it. I mean, what do you think I'm doing? Washing my car? Yeah, mowing the lawn then? And I just say, yes. <laughs> Talking of cars, there's a lot of traffic today on our quiet little road here. And there was one neighbour, every time I went out of the front to mow the lawn, he'd come out of his front door, hello Ray, mowing the lawn then, every single time. I used to think, this is it, I'm going I'm to catch him out. I shall sneak out there when he's not around. But he was always around. I think, he, I mean, I wasn't retired then, but he was. He was an old chap. Mowing the lawn then. And once, <laughs> I don't know what made me do it. I just said, no, what made you think that? And his face, he just looked at me, his, his sort of jaw dropped. And then, and then he sort of forced a laugh. And uh, I said to him, you're always saying you're mowing the lawn when you know I'm mowing the lawn. You can see I'm mowing the lawn. I think he must have caught me at the wrong time. And he said, oh, oh, it's just an expression, isn't it? And he went back indoors. And, you know, after that, after that episode, I never saw him again. Well, I did, but not when I was mowing the lawn. He didn't come out. And I saw him looking out of his window on more than one occasion when I was mowing the lawn. And he was desperate. I reckon he was desperate to come out there and say, mowing the lawn then. I used to say to him, we actually got on all right. I used to say to him when he was washing his car, because he did that every Sunday. He washed his car. And I used to go out there and say, washing your car then? And it all became a big joke in the end. But uh, isn't it funny, the things people say, if I go out into the street now and someone will walk past, they'll say, all right, that's strange, isn't it? All right. And if I said, if I said, no, I'm not actually. My knee hurts and my back, oh, my back's been really bad. They would have to stop and then listen <laughs> to my moaning. But uh, people don't want, don't, they don't want to know. If someone says, oh, hello, how are you? They don't really want to know. They don't want to hear about your operation you had last week and how bad your back is and how your foot hurts where you twisted your ankle. They're not interested. They want you to say, fine, thanks, and you? Yeah, I'm fine. That's it. End of conversation. <laughs> there was a chap once walking past. I was putting the aerial on my car. I've got an aerial on top of the car for the amateur radio uh, equipment. And uh, he said, CB, because everyone says CB. And to him, I said, no, amateur radio. Oh, what's your call sign? He was uh, an amateur chap down here on holiday. And of course, we got chatting outside the house here. And he was asking what gear I'd got. And they call it a shack. You know, it's a shack. Uh, I call it the radio room, where all my gear is here in my high-tech recording studio. I call this the radio room, but it's known worldwide as your, your shack. I think probably because people used to be in sheds and things. I was in a shed once with all my gear. And he said, uh, can I have a look at your shack? And I thought, oh, no, no, don't. Well, I couldn't be rude. So I, I said, well, I'm just about to go out, actually. Oh, I only want a quick look round. So I said, OK, come in. And, you know, I couldn't get rid of him. I kept looking at my watch. I was only going round to see my mum, I think. And I said, I really must go. I've got this appointment. Oh, yes, I must let you get on. Oh, I see you've got one of those. 
I said, yeah, yeah, that's right. I've had that a few years. Right, I really must go. I've got this appointment. Oh, I used to have one. Of, oh, no, honestly, I couldn't get rid of him. A friend of mine, well, I'm not going to mention that. He's the same. I will mention it because he won't know. Well, he will know who he is. If you're listening, I won't mention names. If you're listening, yes, it's you. He comes round here. You can't get a word in. Rabbit, 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 rabbit. I mean, you can't have a conversation with him. That's one thing I like about amateur radio, ham radio. When it's my turn, if there's a group of us, when it's my turn to talk, I got my microphone, I press the little switch on the side and I'm talking. No one can interrupt because I'm talking and I love it. They can't butt in, they can't shout over, well, you can shout over people, but all you hear is a load of distortion. It's my turn to talk and it's rather nice. The only problem is when you get perhaps four or five, maybe six people or more on uh, what they call a net, as a group of us, you have to wait perhaps half an hour for your turn because they go on and on and on. Right, now it's round to Fred and then Fred has his go. Oh, no, no. And now it's round to whoever. He has his go and eventually, right, okay, it's Ray's turn. Oh, what? Sorry, oh, I dozed off. <laughs> I've got to have my dinner and come back and it's still not my turn. But it's good though. It's a good community thing, ham radio. I like it especially as I get to talk without being interrupted. What I do find weird is these YouTube videos where you're looking up something. Take my stationary engine, for example. I found a video the other day about uh, the same engine as mine. I thought, oh, this would be interesting. I'll have a look at this chap's video, see what he's got to say about it. And it started off quite well. There's a picture of his engine and it's running. Then he stopped it and is showing you around with the camera. He didn't speak. There was obviously audio there because I could hear him breathing, but he didn't speak. And he was pointing to bits on the engine and then text came up. This is the carburetor that I've restored with an arrow pointing to the carburetor. Why not? I don't know. Why not speak? It really is dreadful. I don't know why, but it just gets me so much when I watch a YouTube video. You hear the chap breathing and coughing, but he's not saying anything. I do put on there, I have put on there in the past, there's something wrong with the audio, I can't hear what you're saying. <laughs> because they don't answer. Well, one or two will just say, oh, well, there was no audio, I didn't say anything. But uh, how odd, though, to, to make a video, and they're very often good videos. There goes another car, where's everyone going? Where are they all going? Yeah, they're often very good videos, but they just don't speak. It's rather odd, isn't it? We aren't going out in the car at all this weekend or Monday or Tuesday when it's meant to be up to possibly 40 which is what was it 104 Fahrenheit we're not going out anywhere in the car just filled up with petrol we had about what was it quarter of a tank no no just under half a tank left petrol 76 pounds worth stone the crows that's a lot of money isn't it for petrol but apart from the cost of the petrol, it's the heat. We're not going out in the heat. You know what's going to happen? It's the same every time. People don't learn. Every time there's a heat wave, people go out in their cars. There are traffic jams. Engines overheat. People break down. People get stressed. They were giving advice on the radio the other day. They were saying, in this sort of heat, people die. They do actually die. And I know that. I hear it on the news. They said, what you must do, go to the side of the house where there is no sun, draw the curtains on the sunny side, go to the other end of the house, like in our case, the north, where the room is cooler, just 
Just sit there, have plenty of drinks, don't go out in the sun. I would have thought that's obvious, wouldn't you? I mean, if you're too hot, what do you do? Do you go and sit in the middle of the, the garden on a deck chair? Do you go and sit in the middle of the lawn in the red-hot sun? Or do you go into your house, say the north of the house, where it's cooler? That's if you're in the northern hemisphere, of course. <laughs> if you're in the southern hemisphere, go to the south. You know what I mean. But I would have thought that this advice they give is, is obvious. Luckily, my high-tech recording studio is north and it's quite cool in here. Have I got a thermometer in here? Oh yes, but the, <laughs> the battery's flat, so it's not saying anything. Now, as it's hot, it's probably hot where you are, you'll be relieved to discover that I am now going to end the podcast. I know it's only just over half an hour, but it's getting rather warm in here. I've got a lot to do. We've only just got back from the Isle of Wight. I've got a lot of things to sort out. I've got to water some plants. I've got to fill up the bird bars. They empty quickly. Our garden pond, that's a, a bit of a disaster. I should have had water ready. You can't just put tap water in it because uh, the little tadpoles and other things, they don't like the chlorine. Is it chlorine? Yes, it is chlorine, isn't it? It's not sulfuric acid they put in the tap water. <laughs> oh, dear. Oh, I don't know. I do talk rubbish. Yeah, I don't agree. So what I must do is I've got to fill up some buckets and then you have to leave the buckets of water for three days to get rid of the chlorine before you tip it into the pond but the pond level is getting extremely low we've still got the tadpoles in there they're all swimming around none of them have got legs yet so I don't know what's happening there I've got to go and check up on the frog I haven't seen him I've had a quick look down there I haven't seen the frog he's probably at the bottom of the pond keeping cool and of course I've also got to raise the union flag like royalty, you see, we're now back in residence, so we can raise the flag. I think I said before, the Duke of Norfolk, when he, he lives in Arundel Castle, when he's at home, the flag's flying. When he's not at home, it's not flying. And I make the neighbours laugh. I say, well, we're not in residence, we're in the Isle of Wight, so you won't see the flag. But we're back now, so I shall go and raise the Union flag. OK, keep cool. If you're in Britain, keep cool wherever you are. Apparently Melbourne's freezing in Australia. <laughs> I don't believe that for a minute. But do keep cool. Take the advice they give on the radio. You know, If you don't realise yourself how to keep cool, then uh, do take the advice on the radio and the telly. Go and sit in a cool room, draw the curtains. They do say to keep the windows closed all day and open them at night. So the cool air from the night you have in the day, something like that anyway. They did say on the radio yesterday that in London, they could be talking about 33 degrees centigrade at night. How about that? People won't sleep. They're just not used to it in this country. 33 degrees at night. I don't think I'd sleep. I'll come in here and talk rubbish to you lot, I think. Yeah, I could do that, couldn't I? I could do a nighttime podcast. <laughs> well, here we are. It's two o'clock in the morning, 33 degrees. Now I am talking rubbish. Take care. Raise rants at protonmail.com. Be good to hear from you. Have you had your holiday yet? Have you been to the Isle of Wight recently? Are you going abroad? Are you going to spend hours queuing at Heathrow Airport and then another hour or two sitting on the plane because it's been delayed and then get the other end only to find they've lost your luggage? Terrific. I'd far rather nip down to Portsmouth hop over the Solent on the ferry, half an hour drive, not even that, and you're at your holiday place. Take care. See you Wednesday for the midweek message. Bye-bye for now.